Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Fired Up Radio. I am your host, Anthony Hansen. As we all know, today is Friday, which means it's Final Thoughts Friday today here on Fired Up Radio. And let me tell you, is I've been going through some stuff this week, and I just had I just got to talk about it. I just got to talk about it. I'm so excited that you're here with me today. And we're able to come together and just begin to turn the butter, if you, if it were, just begin to talk about uh, about certain topics and making sure that it is centered on the gospel. It's centered on what God calls us and whom God calls us to be and how we're supposed to walk. Amen. With that being said, don't forget. On Facebook, you can search up Fired Up Radio or type in the search handle at Fired Up Radio 93. Right there, you'll find the page. Excuse me. And all previous episodes of Fired Up Radio, all 30-some-odd episodes have taken place over the past 17, 18 weeks. You can also find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor.fm. You can find all episodes there as well. At the same time, I encourage you to tune in on Mondays. We are continuing our series on the book of James. We are now in chapter 3. We are more than two, we're about going on two-thirds of the way done. All right, with the book of James, we're almost there. Hang tight, we're getting there. All right, we're going to start chapter 3 on Monday. And next week is Warring Wednesday as well. Tune in for that. If you've missed any of the previous episodes on the Book of James or Warring Wednesday, again, Facebook, Spotify, Anchor.fm, and Apple Podcasts. You'll find it all there. All right, with that being said, let's pray and let's dive right in with what has been on my heart and mind lately that I believe is important come on this Final Thoughts Friday. All right? Lord, we thank you this morning because we give you our first. We give you first, Lord, because you are worthy and honorable for receiving our first. Lord, we give you all the honor, glory, and praise because your name is above every name. For every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. For you're exalted, high and lifted up in the heavens, seated on your throne, unshakable, unmovable. For no one, nothing can move you. Father, we glorify your name. And Lord, we ask of you to be to be here with us at this moment in time. Your word says, "If two or more touch and agree, you are in the midst, and that you inhabit the praises of your people." Father, we give you all the honor, glory, and praise because you're worthy of it all, because you are the author and finisher and the perfecter of our faith. Lord, we thank you because you're faithful and true in all that you say and all that you do. For your word does not return back void, but goes forth to fulfill what's been sent out to do. For heaven and earth may pass away, but your word, your word forever remains, my God. Therefore, Lord, I thank you and I glorify your name. I praise your name. And I ask that you deal with us this morning on the matters of the heart. That you deal with us this morning. That you deal with us this morning in regards to what you want to deal with us about, Lord. When it comes to being a leader within the house. Being a servant of all. In regards to being a, 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 to love men in the same manner that we love ourselves. 
Yet all that comes by way of loving you first. Loving you first. Father, may we love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That we give you our all and nothing less. That we give you nothing less of, but of our all. We love you, Lord. We praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Alright, so, this is what I want us to talk about on this Final Thoughts Friday. I remember it's just stuff that's gone that's happened throughout the week that I believe culminates some culminates into something that I believe is vitally important for us as Christians to understand. And right now it's mainly going to be focused on men. On men. That's right, I said men. Some the person who is the head of the home, according to scripture in in Ephesians five twenty five through thirty one. When it talks about the order of the house. It's God, then men, then wife, then children, then everybody else. That's the order that God gave us when it comes to family, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to when 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 it comes to when it comes to the organizational chart with within the family. Okay. I want to talk to you men. Because I'm finding it hard to believe that you guys are not walking in your purpose. That you guys are not walking in the manner in which God has called you to walk in. And quite frankly, it's starting to irritate me a little bit more every single day. Because as of late, I've been help, I've been talking with a few men who have families and they're becoming frazzled during these times of trials and during these times of, 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 of pressure and during these times of uncertainty. It's starting to irk me a little bit because they're telling me they don't know what to do. Now I understand that one may not know what to do because they never had a real man in their life. They never had a father in their life. The absence of a father, the curse of being a bastard, which the Bible talks about, look it up, don't just trust me, but look it up yourself. There's the curse of the bastard. Yes, I'm using that word because guess what? It's in the Bible, guess what? Bible talks about the curse of the fatherless. Okay? And that's what we're dealing with when it comes to today in, in, in our culture today. Because there's the absence, there's the absence of the father. There's the absence of the male figure within the home. Therefore, the boy doesn't know how to become a man. But he has to try to picture it create a picture of himself of what it looks like to be a man, what it looks like to be a father, what it looks like to be an actual husband. See, now we got to put a picture, we got to paint our own picture in trying to figure out what it is to be a man, what it is to me to be a father, what it means to be a husband. When yet it's all given to us through scripture. 
personally, I don't get it as to how believing husbands, believing fathers, do not know how to respond when adversity comes. How is it that marriages are failing, yet the most common issue that wives bring up matters of abuse, matters of neglect, And that their husbands are still acting like children. And they don't listen. Yet, men go ahead and defend themselves. Saying, I hear what she says, but she's never happy. That's the difference. She wants you to listen. And not just hear her out. She wants you to listen. You want to know the difference between hearing and listening? Because I had to learn this lesson. Hearing is just being physically present, but not mentally and emotionally checked in. Listening is grabbing the details of what she is telling you that she's expecting you to act on. I got a friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine, and he was telling me um, this past Saturday, as my wife and I were hanging out with him and his wife, talking about how pastor, our pastor wanted him to clean up the back room. Now with that probably came some extra instruction. But he was sold to clean up the back room. That's what he did. He took everything that was back there and threw it out. But guess what was back there? Things that were needed to help repair or finish a job that needed to take place within the church. The kids' area, tile floor, foam floors, they were getting messed up. They were starting to get wavy. Guess what they needed? Foam tiles. Guess where it was? The back room where my pastor friend wound up throwing it away. There were rings for the lights that needed to be put up after new after new ceiling tile was put up. Guess where those ring lights were? In the back room. Pastor comes in after the tiles the tile the ceiling tiles are put in and he asked he asked my pastor friend. He's like, yo, where's where's the ring trimming for these lights? He's like, Pastor, to be honest, I don't know. But my money would be that they were in the back room that you told me to clean. I recognized that I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't paying attention to detail. Forgive me. And he jokingly says, Tony, remind me never to let you clean up again. It's funny. He didn't take it to heart, but he he understood that he was wrong and he repented of it. And he knows that there was nothing that he could do. See, the issue with men is that we don't pay attention to detail. All we hear is clean a room. 
all we hear, all we think of what we're hearing is that our wives are just blabbing, 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 blabbing. They got the gift of gab and they never be quiet. That's not true. Women can be quiet. Is it difficult for them? Yeah. But they need their husbands there to talk to them. They need us to listen to them and what's going on. To listen means to gather information, the sensitive information, and to act on it or to conversate about. All right, that's number one. Number two deals with abuse. These are the top issues that I've dealt with myself as well as heard from other other buddies of mine that have been going through some issues. There's the issue of abuse. Emotional, physical, sexual. That's right, sexual. Because women endure sexual abuse from their husbands. Don't believe me? Tell me. Do you force yourself upon your wife in a sexual matter? Even though she said that she's not into it right now? Guess what? That's sexual abuse. There's there's a point in scripture, if I'm not mistaken, it's in 1 Corinthians. It talks about how our bodies are not our own. Men, your bodies are not unto your own, but belongs to your wife. Women, your body is not your own, but yet belongs to your husband. Many pastors and leaders and marriage counselors, they take this and it, and it actually becomes toxic. Because they encourage, careful for this, and I'm about to turn you on some of your heads. A lot of these pastors and leaders encourage marital rape. Some of you may be talking about, like, what? Marital rape? How can it be marital rape? This is my wife. This is my husband. How am I raping your, How am I raping my spouse? If they say no, it means no. That's number one. Number two? That's not what the scripture is talking about. Number one, the number one thing is all about self-control. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's Galatians 5. Talks about fruits of the Spirit. Self-control. If your husband is saying no, it means no. If your wife is saying no, it means no. It means respecting your spouse and their needs at that time. It's talking about a time of service. Meaning what? If your wife is in need of something, you serve that need. If she says no about something, you practice self-control. Go go, go into an ice bath. Go take a good five-mile jog to go ahead and calm yourself down. Women, that goes for you too. But y'all are like camels. camels. Y'all go months without having... Without engaging. Y'all don't need it. You want it. But you don't need it. Men we need it. 
we have three basic needs. Eating, sleeping, sex. We're not that hard to figure out. But at the same time, there is an occasion where a man will say no. There's nothing against you. It's just no. Men, if women say no, it's either because she's been running around with your kids more than half the day as you've been at work, or she's been at work all day, and she just needs time alone, which is perfectly fine. Nothing wrong with that. All right? But, and she's saying no out of spite because you did something stupid, you got to figure out what that no is. Why is she saying no? What you did wrong. It's called being a man and acknowledging that you sinned against your spouse and that it's your responsibility to acknowledge it, to repent of it, and try to figure out where in the heck you went wrong and how you can go ahead and fix the situation. Because let me tell you something, men. It all starts with you. It all starts with you. The covering for your family begins with you. The order in which God has ordained family starts with you. The first per- the first person that God made on this planet to walk with him is man. M-A-N. Man. Not men as in M-A-N as in the conglomeration and the totality of the human race. No. Man. You, sir. It begins with you. How do I know this? Because I used to abuse my wife physically. I used to abuse my wife emotionally. I used to abuse my wife religiously. I used to induce marital rape within my marriage. That's right. These are my sins in which I partook of that I unknowingly did. Then guess what happened? My wife, after three and a half years, couldn't take it anymore. One of the stupid stuff took place, and she walked out on me. She walked out on me. My parents had to take my kids from me for a couple of days until I finally got my head on straight, put my big boy pants on, and I had to take care of my two oldest. Guess what? The family cannot be restored until the husband gets it right. Until the man gets it right. The Lord had to confront me about my sins towards my wife. Guess what? He visited me through dreams. He visited, He talked to me through counseling through with other pastors that I know. I had to absorb what my wife was telling me. I had to listen to her pain. I had to listen to her suffering. I had to listen to the abuse which she and what she had to endure from me. I had to listen. And I had to come to a point of breaking and humble myself. And acknowledge that I was wrong. There's many people in my church 
that don't know my sin. Because I played an angel at church, but yet I was a devil at home. Which only confirms, Satan don't care if you go to church. But he cares if you start acting the way that God's called you to be. Because guess what? Satan's all about disorder. He's all about dysfunction. He's all about creating rifts and strife within the marriage, within the family, within the home. But men, it all starts with you. There's a statistic where it says that 85% of men who go to church, their families are, are walking, walk within the ministry, walk within fellowship with God, and serve within the kingdom. 85%. Why isn't it that 95 or 100% of men who walk in the church, who follow God, that their family begin to walk in, in lockstep with God? Why is it not 100%? Because it's the 10 to 15% of men that go ahead and fake it in serving. Fake it. When it comes to walking with God. Because to tell you the truth. I want to walk like Enoch walked. He was the only man. For 365 years. As recorded in the book of Genesis. Who never sinned. Was sought as righteous. And was taken up by God. Because he communed with God. Daily. To where God saw no fault in him. And God did not want him to see death. The only other person in the Bible who walked perfectly and blamelessly with God was Jesus himself. I want to walk like Enoch walked. I want to walk as Christ walked. Not David, not Abraham, not Isaac, not Joseph, none of these other guys. Granny, learn from them. I don't want to walk like they walk. I want to walk like Jesus walked. I want to walk like Enoch walked. Because guess what? At the end of the day, if my walk with Christ is not right, then guess what? My family's in trouble. It's dire times to call for dire situations, men. It's time to take ownership of your sin, acknowledge that you've sinned against your spouse, repent of it, and ask them, how can I fix it? It's time to find your pastors and actual men within the church, go to them, confess your sin, that healing may, may come upon your body and your marriage, and to go ahead and start working on you. It's time to go for refreshers. Because Ephesians 5, 25 through 31 is not talking about how women have to submit to their husbands in everything that they do. No, it talks about order of service. Husbands, love your wife. Because after it says wife submit to your husbands, it says husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. What did he do? What did Jesus do for the church? He gave of himself. He laid 
his life down. He became the servant of all for the church. For his bride. Because the church is to be taken up as the bride of Christ. Therefore, Jesus gave of himself. He became the servant of all for the church. So my question is, are you properly serving your wife? Are you properly serving your kids? Because guess what? You treat your kids like crap. The wife is going to take that personally. Because if you're treating her kids like crap, guess what? She gets mama bear and she's going to be defensive. And she's going to start shutting doors on you. Because her job is Proverbs 31 woman. To take care of the needs of her home. You don't know what a woman's supposed to be like? Read Proverbs 31. That's a Proverbs 31 woman. That's embedded in every woman's DNA. Don't believe me? Sit back and relax and look out and, and analyze. Try, try, try to see the parallelisms of how a wife runs the house and what Proverbs 31 said. And I guarantee you, guarantee you, that that's what a woman does. Day in and day out. On top of taking on the second income for the house. Because guess what? The Bible also talks about how a woman is to be in the marketplace. Buying and trading and selling up. So in that way, her family has, has provision. Provisions of food, clothes, and the roof over their heads. It's all in your Bibles. If you do not know this, then I question your faithfulness to the Word of God. If His Word speaks of faithfulness to you, then how are you not faithful to the Word of God? Man, it's time to rise up and to bring back family worship. Man, it's time to rise up and take leadership and take ownership and take back the dominion of your home because you've been passive for far too long. Passivity is not an option. Quitting is not an option. If you're being faced, if you're facing the, the, the option of divorce from your spouse, you let her know. Look, you want to walk? That's fine. But guess what? I'm going to go through hell and high water to make sure that this doesn't happen because I'm going to make myself right. I'm going to make myself right with God and I'm going to make myself right with you and I'm going to make myself right with our children. I'm, I'm seeking, I'm going to seek help. I'm going to actually go get help from wise counsel, from pastoral counsel, from Christian help. But be careful. Because some Christian psychiatrists are practicing New Age. Be careful. If you don't know what New Age is, look it up. It's taking Eastern practices that are not of God, that are not biblical, and bringing it into today's counseling sessions with men and women. They're going to possibly talk about pornography. They're possibly going to talk about swingers. They're possibly going to be talking about drugs, alcohol. Anything and everything that the Bible does not talk about when it comes to marriage. When it comes to the restructuring of family. No! Be careful about that. But I'm telling you this right now. Men, it's time to rise up. 
We want revival. We wonder what's going what's going wrong within our neighborhoods, within our cities, within our state, within our within our nation. It's because there's the absence of men. It's because there's the absence of men within the homes. Because we've allowed our families to suck at the teeth of the government. Because the government says, we'll give you this in exchange for your husband. We'll take care of you as long as the husband is not in the home. The government is all about deconstructing families now. And it's not what government used to be. But government today is all about deconstructing the home. Making the homes... Become easy prey. Is making the homes vulnerable... Because the men are called to be the protectors of the home. It's time to stand up and fight once again. It's time to get your noses into your Bibles and to see what God says about the situation and the matter. That which is at hand for you. Teach you how to raise your kids again. Teach you how to love your wife again. And teach you how to become a man again. Go seek help from your pastor. Go seek help from other men within the church who have been in the things of God for a while and know the difference between being a boy and being a man. Because if you ain't got a real, if you don't have a father in your life, if you don't have a man in your life, guess what? There's men within the church. Heck, you can even reach out to me. Write it in the comment section. I will personally message you. I do not care. I will message you. I will find where you're at. I will look you up on Facebook. We will sit down and talk. But men, it starts with you. Because your wife will only produce what you have given her. You give her a house, she makes a home. You bring home groceries, guess what? She will make a meal for a week. Whatever you sow into your wife's life, she will make, she will produce something that is inconceivable, that, that is undeniably at work through her because she is blessed. You have relations with your wife and you fertilize her eggs. What does she produce? Children. Hello? The woman produces From the seed that you give her. So guess what? You abuse your wife. Sexually, emotionally, religiously, spiritually. All that stuff. You you abuse your wife. She's going to walk out. She's going to leave your sorry butt. Because you haven't led her the way that she's supposed to be led. It's time to bring back family worship. It's time to restore order back in the home. But men, it starts with you. The covering begins with you and you only. You want to know why? Because that's how the order in which God made it. The reason why Eve sinned and drug and 
and, and Adam went with the fall because he became passive and passed the blame on his wife, thinking that it was his wife's fault for eating the fruit. No, it was Adam's fault because he didn't stop even his tracks and take that serpent and fling him out of the Garden of Eden. How is it normal for a person to talk with a snake? How is it normal to talk with a creature about the Word of God, yet the Word of God gets twisted and Adam didn't step up? Because I guarantee you, if Adam stopped Eve, had Adam circumvent and cut into that conversation, we wouldn't be outside of the Garden of Eden. We wouldn't have. To be honest, we wouldn't have. I personally believe that we fell because Adam didn't do his job. And notice how each and every one of you men deal with the issue of passivity. What's the wife's other complaint? He doesn't do anything. He can't make up his mind. You know why? Because we're operating in passivity. It's time to stop being passive. And it's time to step up and make clear-cut decisions to make our families strong again, which will in turn make our neighborhoods strong again, which would in turn build up our neighborhoods, which will build up our cities, which will build up our, na our state, which will build up our region, which will build up our nation, which will build up the world. It's time to be the church outside of the four walls, not just within the four walls. It's time to get it right, men. It's time to step up and to step into the role that God has called you to be. Let's get it done. Because I'm already sick and tired of hearing women complain about their husbands and the husbands getting in the fetal position because they don't know where they went wrong with their wives. It's time to step up it's time to step into the role God gave you. It's time to listen to your spouse and figure out how you can get help and how you can go and restore order back in your homes. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this time and we thank you for the word of conviction that went forth. Father, first off, I want to thank you for working in me and giving me the insight that I needed to help build men and marriages and relationships. I want to thank you for working in me and through me. And I praise your name, Lord, because you're about to work in the hearts of men all around, whoever's listening. You're working in their hearts. You're working in their minds. You're working in their soul. And you're working in their spirit. Lord, meet them where they are at. And begin to deal with their heart. Father, the same way that you visited me in the midnight hour through dreams. Visit them. Because if they don't believe me, may they believe you and what you say of, about it all.
Lord, we give you all the honor, glory, and praise because you're worthy of it all. We love you. And Lord, we ask you to walk with us. May you deal with us, work in us, through us, and around us because we want to be more like you and less of us. But we sacrifice our flesh, but we beat our flesh into submission, as Paul says. So we are able to finish the race. May we finish that race, Lord, and be deemed as faithful servants. We love you, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, guys, that's another edition of Fired Up Radio. It's Final Thoughts Friday. I love you guys. Don't forget Facebook. Look up Fired Up Radio. Put in the handle at Fired Up Radio 93. Go ahead and click on the profile. Like, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff to every to all the previous episodes. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor.fm is where you can find all the other episodes of the podcast. I love you guys. Be blessed. Have a great day. And I'll see you guys on Monday as we continue the book of James as we go through chapter 3. We're two-thirds of the way done. Let's finish it up. Amen. Love you guys. Have a blessed day. Bye.